Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one last plot holes a gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy. This here is Sheriff Buford T. Justice. I'm sure you all recall how I went after a fella by the CB name of Bandit. presents Burt Reynolds, Jerry Reed, Sally Field, Don DeLuise, Jackie Gleason, Jackie Gleason, Jackie Gleason, and Charlotte in Smokey and the Bandit Part 2. The movie that proves once again it's not what's in your trunk that counts, it's who's on your tail. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything I Learned from Movies. And tonight... Oh, tonight. Uh, we are celebrating uh, Movember with Smokey and the Bandit Part 2. <laughs> Did you know there was a Part 2? Oh, yes. Did you know there was a Part 7? More later. <laughs> but we are not alone on this here adventure. We are not. Uh... We got a caravan with us. That's what they call it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're a big old convoy. Convoy, we got a convoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to welcome Hene and Jason. Welcome. Hello. Hello. 
for you to tell us a little bit about yourselves, what some of your like favorite movies and stuff are. And... Oh, um, well, um, I am right now working with Izzy. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> we play with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my favorite, oh, actually, my favorite movie is Galaxy Quest, and I wore a t-shirt oh, in no. that auction. Yes. <laughs> she has a fabulous shirt. It says, <laughs> Hammer. In the style of Armin Hammer. <laughs> I love it. What a savings. <laughs> I love it. So this is my favorite movie. It's <laughs> a good choice. And Jason, how about you? Hey, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm, I'm Jason. And <laughs> I'm Jason Elliott. And uh, I'm a big gamer nerd. Uh, I do a lot of tabletop gaming. I used to do a tabletop gaming podcast. Um, maybe there will be a listener who knows both of them. I used to oh. do a show called Roll for Initiative. So we'll see if... That one listener's out there. Who Liz, I'm both. looking at you. <laughs> it was the first edition AD&D podcast, which oh. surprisingly had a really big following. Um, and it's still going without me. It's not as good. And uh, my favorite film of all time is War Games. And oh. so I'm still freaking out about your dad. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to stop freaking out about Does everybody on the show know about this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we've mentioned Todd a couple of times. Okay, because so. you all came in and saw that I had an MSI 8080. The, the, for anybody who's listening, that is the computer that Matthew Lightman was using in War Games to connect to Joshua. And it's been a dream of mine to have one of these. It took me years to finally get one. And then... You just waltz on in here. <laughs> oh yeah, my dad started that company, and oh, he used, yeah, to, used to play with those. Yeah. <laughs> he used to use one as a pillow. So now I know where to. So now I know where to go for tech support. <laughs> you only taught me how to run the dollhouse, not the inside. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I have a fun fact to blow your mind, and maybe some people, our fellow listeners, uh, you may already know this, but have you seen the movie The Golden Compass? No, I haven't. Ah, well, I'm sure you saw the commercials when it came out because it was a big deal. The guy who designed the CGI polar bears that the kids were writing? Yes, yes. The guy who designed that is the guy who was inside the Joshua computer flipping the lights on and off. Wow. <laughs> In the Whopper. And, and, and the, the front panel of the Whopper was controlled by an Apple II very similar to the one that's sitting in my uh, studio right now. Oh, yes, but they couldn't really get it all to work, so a guy had to sit inside and there and flip the lights on and off. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, the the War Operation Plan Response Whopper. Yep. Oh my gosh. But that's not what movie we're talking about. No. Coming no. <laughs> next week. No, I don't know. We only do bad movies, Steve. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 1980s, Smokey and the Bandit Part 2. But you know what? I'm a little parched. Oh, are you now? Yeah. Yes, I, it is a little warm. It's uh, November night. <laughs> that's why we live in California. <laughs> Someone out there is going, God damn you all. <laughs> we have so many good beers. Pick a beer, Steve. Um, ooh, I want to save the really good one for the end. That's I was going to kind of beg the good one first so that my palate oh. doesn't get distracted. Well, on that note, then, <laughs> I think oh, uh, Jason was kind enough to provide us with a Firestone Walker 2016 Sticky Monkey Vintage, a Central Coast quad, barrel aged and just. Yeah. I'm excited for it, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 35 IBUs, let's see. We what? make occasional pilgrimages down the coast of Paso Robles just to, literally just to go to Firestone. Right, just to come back with <laughs> a case and all Just that. go down there, spend too much money, and come <laughs> home. Yeah. All right. It is 11.6% alcohol. Oh. Yeah, oh, this wow. is a fancy beer. That's... 
keeps drunk up here. <laughs> Stand near a wine. All right. I'm going to pop my top. Oh, my top. <laughs> Let's uh, pour our lovely hosts first. Thank you. It's not too much because there's these glasses are bigger than they look. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want a full glass? <laughs> I mean, I know you do, but we probably wouldn't get through the podcast. No. <laughs> It'd almost be like we had some of our Canadian listeners on. <laughs> For yeah, those of we, you who uh, listen, we, we get drunk when the Canadians We, we took some bottles of this out to see the Princess Bride in the park um, with a friend of mine who brought some um, edibles at the same time. And <laughs> I, luckily, I've seen the movie 87 times because, wow. <laughs> Out there reenacting with everyone. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, it has wow. a nice, it has almost like a raisin aroma to it. Oh, yeah. A little bit of Belgian, oh, definitely some fruit esters. Steve's going in for the sip. Yes, yeah, it's a really beautiful, like, uh, oh, yeah. like auburn color, nice red to it. It's got a medium khaki colored head. Yeah, nice, very mouthwarded. You have like, yeah, raisin or like date kind of qualities to it. Definitely date. Definitely, mm. they get a little bit of like the, uh, the scotch, like the whiskey and stuff mm. that you assume from the, mm -hmm. the barrel it's aged in, but. Wow, that is really good. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little, a little bit of like a sherry note to it in a really delightful way, which I believe is uh, appropriate for this type of barrel-aged beer. Mm. I yeah. always think of it as caramel unicorn tears. <laughs> yes. This is what, what, what the, the brown unicorn shed? <laughs> yes. If you, this is the, the brown sugar unicorn when they cry. Ooh. This is what they cry. Happiness, <laughs> hopefully. Well, yeah, they're they're just so they're crying tears of joy at their own beauty. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my tears are so tasty. Mm. <laughs> it helps to have a brown sugar unicorn around now. <laughs> just don't milk them. <laughs> no, don't, don't, because they're all male. So smoky and bandage. That wasn't milk. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. All right. uh, yes, of course, from writer director Hal Needham. Yeah. Stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. Stuntman, writer director, and just all around amazing guy. Absolutely. Directed uh, the original Smoking the Bandit. Of course, this one, Hooper. Hooper. Uh, Hooper. <laughs> a movie that may be coming up on our podcast, The oh, Villain. I love Hooper. The Hooper villain. is so great. <laughs> Hooper is pretty good. Hooper, the reason that Terry Bradshaw got even more movies on his IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he also do Cannonball Run? Mm -hmm. Cannonball Run, uh, Megaforce, Stroker Ace, basically anything you've seen Burt Reynolds in probably <laughs> in the 80s. I love Cannonball um, Run. And he also did all four of the Smokey and the Bandit TV movies that probably yeah. only you and I have seen. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. Basically the Hal Needham, Burt Reynolds, all... Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise, Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise, all these guys. This was just their poor man's Ocean Eleven done over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. You know what? I'm into it. Worked. it. <laughs> well, with the original 1977, it was the number two moneymaker of that year behind a little film called Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh, but it grows. This would be on Star Wars or what everybody saw that year. Wow. Mm -hmm. all right. All right, think about this. 1977, $4 million budget for the original Smokey and the Bandit. Any guesses how much it grossed? Forty. Three hundred million dollars. Wow. In nineteen seventy seven. So that must be like a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably about right. Probably in Avengers money. Yeah. On a four million dollar budget at the time. Uh so with the sequel, they decided we'll make it for seventeen million and make it bigger, better, more. Get any guesses how much this one grossed? 
17 million? <laughs> 17 million? <laughs> Six, 66, not quite. Okay, it the made same. money. It yeah. made money. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, starring Burt Reynolds, uh, Jackie Gleason as Buford T. Justice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In one of his more uncomfortable roles of his entire career. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I'm sure uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> the most uncomfortable until Smokey and the Bandit three, oh, <laughs> which wow. I've definitely not seen. Oh, it is horrible. Oh, fun fact about was it Smokey and the Bandit three that was supposed to be all Jackie Gleason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. The original plan for that movie would be that he played every single character in that movie, including what? the Bandit, including the Bandit, including, including the Bandit. Fields? He would play. Yeah, he would play. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be. And the movie starts out with a little. Uh, little cartoon credits going around the Universal <laughs> logo, which is always nice. I kind of miss those with the yeah. little. I guess it was big in the '80s, where like like the animated intros mm-hmm. and all that. <laughs> the beginning of the the first five minutes of the movie really didn't need to happen. Like, really. I honestly, for, I'm just gonna say from the beginning, I like this movie a lot. Yeah. I will watch it again. It is a ton of fun, despite the things we might poke at it. But that first five minutes, I mean, don't start a movie out with a giant turd. Literally a giant turd. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the movie begins, with True. somebody actually dropping cow patties from an airplane on somebody else. You don't need to, you, so you don't need the governor's race? <laughs> no, I, the, 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 the reason for the entire thing happening... It, We'll talk about it, I'm sure, but it's absolutely, it's not clear why they're actually having to drive across yeah. like this. And telling that there's a governor's race and they need an elephant doesn't really make it any clearer. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah, that was going to be one of my points. It's a, well, a competition between uh, Big Enus and Little Enus. Mm-hmm. And then I don't, even, I don't think I have the other person's name written down the other because guy it's, for governor. it's the Lebowski. Yeah. yeah, it's the the big Lebowski He's the <laughs> guy, but twenty years later, and it's like, oh yeah, they have a competition. They're both running for governor. Current governor says they're both idiots. But hey, if you uh, deliver an elephant or, or deliver right, a package, package, sorry, deliver a package, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a shoe in. But did the I don't the thing is the governor didn't actually say bring me this package and I'll back you. Instead. They, Big Enus and Little Enus, are oh, yeah. listening through the door, and they hear him say something about, get me that package here on time, and somehow that translates in their heads to, let's hijack the package and deliver it ourselves, because that'll show that we're the governor material. <laughs> we I thought they wanted to embarrass him by, like, hijacking Oh, that would make or, more sense. Let's say that's what Embarrass the other guy? Yeah, like... Or, uh, like hijacking it, and then but then they wouldn't want to be there on time. They'd want to go yeah. somewhere else. They'd be like, take it to New York. Or maybe they wanted to give it to somebody else. No, I think they were going to try and impress the governor, the current governor, to get his endorsement because the current governor was having going to have to pick one of them to endorse, mm-hmm. and he thought they were all idiots. I think Big Enus, what I got from it was Big Enus and Little Enus were going to. They were going to do what they say can't be done, as the song says. <laughs> they were going to get that package mm-hmm. out of, you know, embargo or whatever the heck was going on with it, and they were going to impress the governor, and then they would get the endorsement. That makes as much sense as anything's going to. I think we're giving this as much time as, like, a lot oh. more time than what the writers put oh, in. We've yeah. already discussed yeah. this with yeah. the writers, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, we've talked... Like, yeah, parsed this over a lot longer than they probably spent on writing. And, of course, we also kind of forgot the most important thing. The Statler brothers were involved in this whole shenanigans. Right, that is a huge note right here. I heart the Statler brothers. I heart the Statler brothers. It was great. It was weird because they figured out on the music thing that the first Smokey and the Bandit was just a Jerry Reed spectacular when it came to the music, and that song is still one of the greatest songs ever written. Oh, Eastbound and Down, 100%. Absolutely. And somebody thought, well, what if Burt Reynolds also sang a song? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize that they made a good joke out of it. Absolutely. But that was a real song. You can really go and buy Let's Do Something Cheap and Superficial by Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Not that you should, but you could. Absolutely. Well, if you wanted to do something that was cheap and superficial. Yeah. So at least, <laughs> at least he knew. At least he knew. All right. So the, uh, the Enuses need to find the bandit, because he's the only one that can drive this package across four states, I guess. Who else could? Point. Yeah. Who yeah. else could? But they don't know where the bandit is. But they know someone who might know. The guy with the truck that could actually carry the package. Indeed. Guy, <laughs> wait, wait, let's just say, the guy who actually does all the work in yeah. these movies, the trucker. The well, snowman. all right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going off uh, uh, format for this by jumping around, so no, no, no. pull me yeah, back if I am. But that was, that's the thing for me. Okay, so the first Smoking the Bandit, it makes perfect sense why you have a truck and a car. Because the truck's got to get somewhere quickly, and the car's got to distract the cops. Mm -hmm. It's the yep. decoy. That's why he says, I'm going to need a car. I'm going to need a fast car faster. And he keeps getting money yeah, until he can get flashy, it Something flashy, something that like, is going to get a lot of attention. And then you got to be a driver who's going to show up because you got to draw all the attention away from this truck that needs to do a exactly. little bit faster than it needs to do. Exactly. But in this case, there is nobody out to get the truck. They're out to get the bandit. That's, yeah. what, that's what Jackie Gleason is chasing. So why is he even there? Just drive the truck, leave the bandit in his hotel room drunk, and just yeah. go get your stuff. Because the truck still has or, to drive faster than the speed limit. He still needs the distraction. At no point does he distract anyone. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me it's going like 130 miles an hour with an elephant in the back? I don't think so. We right. don't know it's an elephant yet. It's still a package. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the way back. Anyway. Yeah, they find the bandit. He's down on his luck. I'm Looking sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Lot. Gentlemen, you guys oh, skip past sorry. the big rig races. Oh, yeah. right. The, yeah. the snowman. That's where they the, find the snowman. The snowman. By the way, um, he's a tall, skinny guy who drives a truck. The nickname mm -hmm. snowman's because he does cocaine, right? Probably. Yeah. I just want to like... I, I, let me just say this. <laughs> I don't know how G-rated we are, so I'm just going to say I hope that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> he is a trucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a long way to go and a short time to get there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> Call back. But yeah, there's in this and I want to know that where big rig ha races happen and I want to go to them. They actually happen right here in California and we will make it a thing. We, we were talking about racing earlier. I don't think they do them at Sears Point but maybe Laguna Seca. Certainly in Utah uh, they got to do something. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Demo derbies and stuff all the time yeah, out there. And yeah. Drag races but yeah I've never seen the semi ones before and so when I was watching the That's a thing. Intro thing yeah. Man, That's yeah. Check if, you, if you can drive it you they will race it. Wow. Oh I'm sure. Yeah, and so yeah, the snowman wins the big rig race, and the Enuses drag him away for enough money from all the adoring fans and trucker girls throwing themselves at him. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and Fred. And Fred, and Fred, my favorite character. The actual star the of actual all the films. The actual star. Yes, Fred. One hundred percent. If there's anybody out there who's got a basset hound that's not named Fred, go change your dog's name. Exactly. <laughs> Just oh. change it now. Don't appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the is, uh talk to Snowman, like, we need to find the bandit. We're willing to offer him $400,000 to it deliver this two, package. It starts doesn't it? It does, but that becomes the finder's fee. Oh, that's right, 200 Because then, that's where... And then they negotiate with Bandit, who is drunk off of his ass at the drunk Gator Motel. Still <laughs> able to somehow get it up to 400000 and they hand over the tiny wad of bills the size of about five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 
because they're hundred thousand dollar bills. Obviously. <laughs> and I, I, I have to get to my first note here when we finally do go and find the bandit. He basically is one step away from Gabe Kaplan at this point. Oh yeah. yeah he is this is the this is the beginning of the bad Burt Reynolds hair that came <laughs> to really define the eighties. <laughs> you know, somewhere along the line I think his hairline started to recede and he whatever he did to fix that gave him curly Gabe Kaplan hair. It uh, it gets more sculptural as time goes on. Yeah, it never reaches Steven Seagal levels, but it's, um, oh, it's oh. you know it's. I love Burt Reynolds, but that hair was not his finest hour. So yeah, so they negotiate up to four hundred thousand dollars. Which uh, fun fact, anybody know how much that is uh, from nineteen eighty to now? I'm I'm going to take a mathematical guess here. I know that a, a really expensive car in 1980 was about 10 grand, which is about the same as a 35 grand car today, or 30 grand. So I'm going to say it was about 1.2 million. Great. 1.22 million. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Woo! Bravo. Bravo. Gearhead here. Yeah. So over a million dollars to deliver a package mm-hmm. over the course of, I think it was like four or five days. They're from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, from Florida to Texas. This is, I think, was Dynasty on the air in Dallas at the time? Probably, yeah. All of these kind of Texas soup, soap operas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JR needed that uh, package overnight. He, he, <laughs> he threw out the 1.2 mil. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but, of course, uh, word gets out that uh, Bandit's back on the loose. And it gets word to Sheriff Buford T. Justice, who's at his son's wedding. Oh <laughs> yes, God. and for some reason, there is a phone at the altar. Oh my God. The yeah, phone yeah, at yeah the that altar. was the, the phone thing. at the altar was just so insane the phone oh you altar. didn't have a phone at the altar oh you know you know the phone at the altar i mean we don't have phones in our pockets why wouldn't they have a phone at the altar i guess it's a little weird it's when a, the officiant we know, didn't go for that auction right the phone at the altar well it's in oh, case yeah. the governor interrupts halfway and it's like you don't have to do it anymore <laughs> it's like a guy in the electric chair it's like oh call from the governor <laughs> That's why I made you get married on a beach. <laughs> Far away from a phone. <laughs> oh, and this is, so before he calls him up, this is where they get a thing that's kind of weird about the timing, because in other films, Burt Reynolds saves his fourth wall breakdowns for the end of the film, like at the end yeah. of Hooper and things like that. He does the camera looks right at the beginning in this one. Yeah. It's kind of weird little bit of timing <laughs> from Hal Needham there. Yeah, he went uh, Sean Connery and Zardoz with that one. <laughs> like, right at the beginning, like, oh, guess what? This is what we're doing now. <laughs> uh, so all it takes is a call to the altar, and yeah. um, for some bizarre reason, Frog is getting married to Junior again. Yeah, that, that's the real question. Like, what, what happened? I, I know, uh, like, in the first one, she was originally going to get married to him or whatever, yeah. and it got all interfered with the activities of the first movie, but then it's like, well, he took me back after things fell out with... <laughs> with the bandit but it's like like still. three months after things fell out with the bandit because yeah. there's like i haven't seen you in like six months and i'm like wait what <laughs> like six years well that's the other thing at the end of the first smoking the bandit they had number two ready to go because they were just going to go back the other direction why did they have to get this convoluted thing where suddenly they need him to be chased again and throw all that in just go back the other direction that's all we wanted as an audience yeah we because, just wanted you to go back the other way. Because otherwise we're not going to get the other star of the movie. <laughs> Fred? <laughs> other than Fred. The other star other than Fred. Dexter okay. Gleason? No. No, well, Dexter Gleason. Well, I guess we're waiting yeah. for a reveal here. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I know it's not Mean Joe Green. 
I mean, he's in it. I mean, Joe Green is the star. I kind of think he's the star. Him and yeah. Bradshaw, <laughs> Sheriff Justice, played by Jackie Gleason, mentioned. Uh, they also introduced the uh, the hemo gauge that only lasts like two or three scenes, where he gets the, the weird gauge. It's the whenever he gets his stressed or whatever, eyes. he starts oh, beeping. Oh, his smartwatch. And, yeah. 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 That was no, but his Fitbit. His yeah. Fitbit. <laughs> it's my yeah. hemo gauge. Yeah, the film, honestly, the film, all these films are the worst when they try to tell a joke. They're funny already. Why did they try to tell a joke? Oh, oh Jackie Gleason, your moment had passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Frog gets convinced over the phone to help out for for her cut of fifty grand, which isn't a bad day's work, not know, a bad, yeah. work. Or a bad week's work, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, oh god, then there's the training montage. Oh, oh I have training, training montage, montage right here. <laughs> First of all, that he was, was like fit. Like, they're yeah. like trying to give him a beer belly. <laughs> I'm like, oh. This honey. is around the same time he was in Playgirl, right? I think oh my so. God. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I missed like the rug and was like, a... yes. <laughs> no, that, that's his chest hair. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> the training montage is amazing. It is great. He's basically just drinking and sort of running. Well, he does like yeah. five sit ups. And like I don't know. Like, yeah, he finds the rest of his booze hat hidden in the in the ceiling. Yep. <laughs> yep. So they left this up here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah uh, but here was the weirdest the thing about the training montage for me. I to the point that I had to make a note and go look this up is that they just casually throw out the sentence, "You're gonna look like Arnold Schwarzenegger." Yeah. Who well, was not had never been in a film at that point. Well, he'd been like Hercules in New York, but but no, he had been. Well, is that the porno? No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I think that's years ago. But he, he hadn't been in. Oh, you're right. But he yeah. was seven time Mr. Olympia. But he had point. not done Conan yet. No, no, Conan the Barbarian yeah. had not yet happened. And they just act like you're supposed to know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Yeah, I had that written down too. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, that doesn't really line up because Conan was like 82, 83, something like was that. It, uh, was it that Hal Needham in his world just thought that was a famous person? <gasps> Maybe. I know why. I know why. Hal Needham had just done the villain that Arnold Schwarzenegger stars That's in. Right. That's what right. That's right. What? There's a oh, movie he's a cowboy. Called, there's a movie called The the Villain where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a cowboy. Oh, okay. no. Oh, my God. And Kirk Douglas is in it, who's wow. like 65 at the time. Right. And, and Margaret. And he basically plays the wily coyote of villains. Like, he does all these pratfalls, yeah. and you're sure he's going to break a hand. Arnold Schwarzenegger does pratfalls? No, no, no. no. Kirk Douglas Kirk does Douglas. it like 65. Oh, oh, gosh. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the, paired the up Austrian with, an, with an aging Aunt Margaret, and that's who Kirk yeah. Douglas is chasing. Wow. Spoiler alert, it has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Then I'm watching no. And so it's coming up on our podcast. Arnold Schwarzenegger days. sings a song. Oh, he does. Oh, Wait, is he dumb? No, he sings nope. a song. Oh, wow. But yeah, so Hal Needham had just directed that with him, so that's why he was the worst. Yeah. Okay. And he was so famous he in the bodybuilding kind of world clever. and all that. Yeah. But, well, yeah. And but, I think, I, I, I get the impression, I wasn't around then, but I got the impression that when he was like seven time like Mr. Olympia or whatever, it like kind of brought that to the forefront. Like he yeah. was kind of a slip, like bodybuilding got kind of popular because it was like, oh, holy cow, there's this guy who's like technically like the perfect specimen of a human right, being. So it was but like, they already had Lou Ferrigno. Oh. No, he beat Lou Ferrigno. Oh, oh that's okay. why. That's probably he beat it, Lou then. Ferrigno a bunch of times. Because Lou Ferrigno was the guy. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's probably why it was. Yeah, like... no, Arnold Schwarzenegger beat him in like every competition. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. is in the Guinness Book of World Records as having the most perfect like human proportion body. For anybody that complains about you know who becomes a celebrity now, YouTubers or you know sports whatever, the people who became the biggest celebrities were 
Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and a guy who won the bouncer competition, Mr. T. Mr. T, yeah. yeah. He got famous for winning the bouncer competition. Yeah, for being able to throw people That's out of bars. bouncer competition. You know, the weird thing is I actually knew about him before he was on the A-team because for some reason I stayed up late one night and watched the bouncer competition and I thought, who is this cool dude? Which is interesting because that's probably what happened with this movie. Like, yeah. you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, proved that like Arnold Schwarzenegger references. I think that all the. Happen. You know, this is the era where we have a Sylvester Stallone movie, who where he's a trucker trucker who arm wrestles. I think right. the I think the main thing is that <laughs> like, all the people were becoming celebrities specifically because they were getting recruited to be on the Celebrity Olympics. Mm-hmm. show that what was that show where they yeah they did just like a yeah, bunch it was, of but before american like gladiators it was uh it was so much fun because howard cosell would actually yeah. announce it and you'd have all of these out of shape celebrities doing their best and like two or three that took it seriously yeah. and it, if you can find them all on youtube still and they are a ton of fun seriously go watch them you're gonna just be falling over <laughs> uh, uh wonder woman did great in it uh Linda, Linda, Linda carter carter, carter. Yeah. Yeah, she's one. She's one of the celebrities that took it seriously and trained, and so she beats everybody. <laughs> yeah, I remember they brought it back briefly, like maybe eight years oh, ago honey, or something. They did like bring that. it back. It's called Dancing with the Stars. Oh uh, but they should. They should go back to the shot put and the yeah. high jump. Yeah, it's a really fun to watch, like Todd Bridges fall off of. A... <laughs> I don't know. Dancing with the Stars. Adam Carolla rode a unicycle, so oh, like that's I mean. Good. <laughs> kicked him off for not dancing because he rode a unicycle. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> right? That's not right. <laughs> Shenanigans. That's okay. not right. So, the bandit too. <laughs> so speaking of superstars in the 80s, apparently the bandit was a superstar because he... Yeah, I know. He sang Cole Porter. Okay. Remember, they were, they were, he lost a lot of his money because he said, I never should have released the bandit sings Cole Porter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and... and after his training montage and everything, he's like pulling into gas stations and all the oh, girls yeah. want to take pictures and stuff with him. I'm like, is he really that famous? Because he had a record that wasn't him. successful? Why did the guy hate him? Because he was a big show off. Yeah. Oh, 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 you mean the guy who said he's among the top five assholes in the world? Yeah. <laughs> and he said he was number two, and then he never said who his number one was. That was a good inside joke. Yeah. I love that there was probably they all decided they knew who it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I, I love when movies do that when like you never find out. Who you <laughs> like the... <laughs> I was like, oh, suddenly. Yeah, he didn't like him because he thought he was just a big show off who didn't actually do anything. Right. Mm. Which is what Bandit's big fear was that people would think he was a big show off. Right. Who didn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, to suddenly jump to like these like actual like good you know right? side plots. Like, yeah. I know, and then they would just be gone. Like, character. I would love to see the film about Bandit's career. His showbiz career. That's the, the one we deserved. The Smokey and the Bandit one and a half. The mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the interlude. <laughs> just Frog and the Bandit. Just give us that. The lost oh, years. Their romance and then their decline. Yeah, I just want to see a show called Frog and the Bandit. So and, just like, and you uh, know that the end is that they break up. You just don't know when it's gonna be. This is right? a call out to the folks that brought back General Tarkin in Star Wars, <laughs> yes. and who, who are keeping Princess Leia in more and more films. Can you please put Sally Field next to whatever you need to do to get Burt Reynolds back? See, here's the question though: like, who plays young Sally Field? Who plays young Burt? Well, Reynolds? Sally Field will play young Sally yeah, Field. Sally yeah. Field still looks <laughs> like Sally. It's true. Sally at at, at age Sally. 104, she still looks 12. And we can have a Reynolds. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, just like Princess Leia. <laughs> and, and a little cameo from uh, Jackie Gleason, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah, as long as just passing in the background. Well, and like, give him a I think I know that some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he 
plays every other character. Since we're CGI. <laughs> the waitress at the diner, the guy at the gas station. <laughs> All right. I mean, let's and we'll make get, it happen. We'll get Jonah Hill to be Jackie Gleason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, my gosh. And, That's uh, good. And uh, Channing Tatum as a uh, junior. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Vin Diesel as Fred. We'll get Meryl Streep oh. as, as the voice of Fred. Yeah, yeah. As the voice of Fred, just like he can yeah. be a group fan. She can do yeah. anything. Guys, I think we got this. So basically, what we All do right. is we take the group action and we give Fred a line from now on. He says Fred. Okay. <laughs> Fred, Fred, Fred. Uh, Come on, I like where this happen. is going. Uh, but they get to Florida, finally. Yes, <laughs> yes they get to Florida. And uh, they find that the, the package they need to deliver is in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Why would mean? the governor's package be in quarantine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's huge. Yeah, where's the package? 54? 56? <laughs> or is 55? I think it's this <laughs> wall over here. Yeah. And, 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 they, and there's 55 double nickel. It's that wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they open the package and find that it is... As I said five or six times already, <laughs> it is an elephant. Well, it's been sitting in a crate with no food or water or anybody watching weeks, out for him. How, what are they doing with this elephant leaving him in a warehouse? Here's another question. That's the quarantine area. Her What's in, in the rest of those crates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good question. This one's just full of bees. <laughs> bees. It's those minor bees the governor needs for their diamond mine. Well, let's see. There was the episode, there was the Tom and Jerry when when Tom goes looking for Jerry and finds a kangaroo in a crate. Yeah. So that clearly is one of them. There's a kangaroo in one of them. One of them. One of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's probably a couple of cats in some of those smaller ones. Mm Mm-hmm. A Tasmanian devil, they come in crates, as we remember. Yeah, definitely. That's a dangerous warehouse, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Indeed. You want to make sure you open the right one. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, speaking of celebrity athletes... Anybody notice uh, when Burt Reynolds did the backflip onto the back of an elephant? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kind of, ooh, startle. <laughs> <laughs> and after recently watching the movie Roar and knowing that uh, somebody got their leg broken trying to get up on an elephant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Have you guys seen Roar? No, I've never heard of it. It is a goddamn experience. Dangerous movie ever filmed. Really? Uh, late 70s. Um, Melanie Griffith is in it when she's like Four. 14. <laughs> and it's her parents, uh, uh, Tipper... Tipper Gore? Tippy. Tippy Hedron. Tippy Hedron from oh, uh, Hitchcock movies. Right. Uh, and her husband, who is like a lion researcher in Africa, he lives in a home with like 25 lions. Are these lions. real people or just the Real people. These, no, are the, real. these are the this actors is real. playing. And they like yeah. made a movie around it with a plot of like, oh yeah, the guy's been living in the uh, jungle for two or three years in this house with all these lions, and now his family's coming to visit, and it's his real family. Uh, or at least yeah. most of them are. And so know. like the story behind it is that the Tippi Hedren and, this, and, and her husband, whose name I'm blanking on, were in Africa filming a movie, and they fell in love with the wildlife there, and they... Mm-hmm. They like while they were location scouting, they stumbled upon this abandoned house where Pride of Lions had moved into, and they were like, "How cool would it be to make a movie where this happened?" No studio wanted to film it, so because of the Pride of Lions in the house. (laughs) So they said, "Oh, cool. Well, we have some acreage out in uh, the California foothills outside of LA. We'll buy some lions and we'll film our own movie." So they built a house in their back field. They ended up with that what? That was cheaper than going. Wildcats, yeah, yeah, of different yeah. kinds, and they filmed this movie just like as their kids grew up, and wow. they're still there today. They still have the lions. 
Did Mary Hendry still rent a prisoner? Did Mary Hendry alive? Yeah. She was at the end or, of this movie. I, yeah, yeah. She she was like 82 when like the old documentary we saw and stuff was made like 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. And, and, and so to be clear to all of our listeners, that's where the elephant comes from in this film. Right. <laughs> no, but like they talk about in that movie, T.B. Hedren got her leg broken trying to do almost the same stunt that they do in this one where the elephant's supposed to pick her up and put it on, put her on its back. That you know they they do in this she they, it's elephant accidentally broke her leg and so it was ah. like we had just seen that and I'm like oh my, oh my god I can't believe Burt Reynolds is still alive after that stunt. <laughs> yeah. Did he do that stunt? Uh, I, I think it was a lot of ropes and rigs and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, because he didn't do Yeah, it, it was like a whole like floating back. Right, right. Oh, I know. It's still yeah. well, I mean, ironically, in Hooper, he did not do all his own stunts. Uh, <laughs> what? Wait, the movie where he played a stuntman? <laughs> I think the best part is the part where in Hooper, I know we're not talking about that film, but I just, my favorite scene of all time is a stuntman playing Burt Reynolds, who is supposed to be a stuntman playing Roger Moore. Yeah, that's a that's a, that, that's, a, that's a nice Russian that's nesting like doll. Too many meta, yeah, that's like meta meta stuntception. <laughs> so there's an elephant just left in a crate. Yeah, yeah. three weeks, right? Yeah, Didn't they say yeah. It was, yeah, it was there for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, they got to get it out of there. And apparently, there's no security of these docks whatsoever. The one guy. Also, when they went out, it was like broad daylight. And it's like, oh, yeah. they stepped out, and it was, uh, yeah. yeah. How long were they in there? Well, well also, no one is watching. Okay? No. They're walking out with a, like, elephant. And yeah, they no load one. an elephant to the back of a big rig. <laughs> it's like broad daylight, and no one's, like, batting an eye. No. Right? Or, or there. No one's there. Oh, well, well, there is somebody on the way out. Oh, right. Sheriff Buford T. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing in Florida? How did he find them? <laughs> GPS? He, he, he has his ways. Yeah. I guess that Fitbit he wears yeah. has got more yes. things it can do. Well, oh, well, and I was start. Oh, so actually, you mentioned. Oh no, these these are not his leaps. I was counting the number of times cars jumped over things, not him. Oh, yes. we'll get to those. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. I can I've got all the car jumps. Does he find out because Sally Field's character or something? Oh yeah, because Sally Field's gonna meet them, so he overhears. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so they, they, they fill the occasional plot hole. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because the wedding, that because he's married. Okay. Because there's a phone Junior. in the church. And, there's a phone yeah. in the church, and you take <laughs> those kind of calls in the church in front of. See, right before you do your vows. Oh. So you're saying your vows to your ex's like mortal enemy's son. Yeah. And I... then you have this conversation in front of your ex's mortal enemy. I almost forgot. I, I've got my notes on every time they do a reference to another Burt Reynolds film in this film. So I missed the first one, which was, do you remember the hotel that he was oh, drunk at? The Gator Motel. The Gator Motel. Yes. Gator. Gator. <laughs> I've got more of these. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Well, it, it, so Sheriff Justice is out there waiting for him, like, you are now trapped. And I got my, uh, I don't know, certification in marksmanship from Swollen Groin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> That's not an unbelievable name. It's, no. it's really not, but... <laughs> I, 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 uh, one year I, I took a few months and I did a motorcycle ride around the United States. I spent about three months just riding my motorcycle all around the country. Did about oh. 12,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And I found all the names of towns and everything. And I, I stayed in Paintsville. <laughs> and, I, and I stayed in, um, I think it was Hogswaller. You know, yeah. there are, these places exist. So you mean, we have Swollen Beatles, Groin, California. Yeah, that's where oh, that's where yeah. Snoopy's cousin's from. And was it St- Steve Spike. was mad he went out there and couldn't find the Sam Kennison statue? <laughs> oh, needles. Yeah. Is there a Sam Kennison statue? 
No. So there's another horrible movie called Domino that was made about ten years ago. Mickey, What's that? Mickey Rourke, Kieran Knightley. It's about bounty hunters. It's yeah. huh. um, But one of the key scenes in the movie takes place in Needles, California, and like intro of the city, it shows a like small gold or like brass statue of Sam Kennison. Uh, I was driving by Needles, thought I'd go check it out. Found out from the locals, it doesn't exist. No. You gotta make it happen. Yeah. You gotta We're gonna make start it happen. a Kickstarter to get <laughs> exactly. a statue. Yeah, like that Sam. Terminator statue. Yeah, as yeah. much as I don't think Sam Kinison deserves any kind of statue, still, you gotta make it happen. <laughs> it's in a movie, it's gotta happen. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the Robocop statue in Detroit. Oh, right, yeah. that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. Not, not, not Terminated, it was the Robocop statue. Robocop, that was, oh, people were so confused by that. They were installing it as I was leaving Detroit, and <laughs> the question was, where would they put it? Because Detroit's empty. Right. So it was like, we'll put it on the main drag. Nobody uses the main drag. We'll put mm-hmm. it by the casino. The casino's not necessarily in the city limits. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on the waterfront where all the shootings happen. <laughs> well, well, that's right. Yeah, that might be appropriate. Yeah, they hooked up to like motion sensors. It's like, freeze, dirt bag. And then they're like, whoa, it's Robocop, scram. We'll put it at the GM Center. Oh, that might be up for sale soon. So anyway, you're... Justice is there at the gate, keeping him from leaving uh, until Bandit basically jumps him, mm-hmm. and then Snowman just the first points. pointless leap. There was no reason to jump him. I was counting him. That was pointless leap number one. <laughs> He's the world's biggest show off. Right. But there wasn't. How do you find a ramp? <laughs> you know what? Don't don't question the physics of this movie. I will. Yeah. I will Nature accept the away. fact that if it's a film made in the seventies, and I know this was what nineteen eighty one. Eighty eighty one. Yeah. It's like still the seventies. It's still the seventies. Yeah. My theory is that every decade actually lasts four years into the next decade. Yeah. Before, because <laughs> everything that happens in the first four years of a decade really belongs to the one that came. Uh, but yeah, so he jumps over him, and then Snowman just decides to just plow right through him anyway. Through <laughs> a cop car. <laughs> yeah, through a cop car, which is like okay. Now, after Grand Theft Larceny <laughs> in a dock, an international dock, so it might even be an international crime. Right. Uh, <laughs> Interpol gets into this one. Yeah, right. Now you potentially killed cops. This would be a great time to bring Inspector Clouseau. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the, the beginning. <laughs> that would, there's another crossover we could have, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, this really, to me, just screams of a Luc Besson film. Oh, <laughs> Luke Passant presents Smokey and the Bandit 7. Yes! 8. You know what? If there's a director today that could yeah, really do like it. Yeah, I feel like he would do it. <laughs> he could do it. Well, it's either he, him or Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah, he needs a rebound from Valerian. If anybody, if you've seen Luke Passant's Taxi, then uh, oh, right. he could he do could this. Do he, did a, he did a film about um, some delivery drivers that drove taxi cabs and, and, mini, and mini bikes, and it's basically a Burt Reynolds film in France. Excellent. Oh, the check that Didn't one. Didn't they make good. a terrible remake? Uh, Probably. would remake with like Jimmy Fallon and like Queen Latifah or something. Well, Queen oh, Latifah, Queen Latifah I like. 100% did a taxi movie. Right. And but if Jimmy Fallon was in it, it's bad. A, not Jimmy <laughs> Fallon. I don't know who, but it was. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Yeah. I think bad movies just sort of have Jimmy Fallon in them, even if he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we got a real stinker here. What's Fallon up to? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just kind of like when they don't want to put their name on a, when a director doesn't want to put their name on and they are Alan Smithy. I think when you don't want to say who the actors were, you say Jimmy Fallon. Ooh, all right, I got it. His IMDb blows up. <laughs> uh, so when they're uh, driving away trying to escape justice, 
they pull into, I assume, Heinz Field, where the Steelers are practicing. <laughs> yes, and in the Florida? first person we see is Mean Joe Green. Yeah, but then Terry Bradshaw, oh, and I yeah. think Brian Klesko was in there. And, okay, and... so help me out here. For some reason, I was making notes about what Burt Reynolds' callbacks there were, and I felt like there was a deliverance callback around this time. There was something in this that made Anybody? me think of a deliverance callback. Hey, hey, you want to get away from me? Oh, this is our other co-host, Wellington. <laughs> Welcome, Wellington. <laughs> He's just curious of our uh, new new microphone we're using. When they like, no, I don't oh, know. A little later too. There was a little yeah. later. There was something that happened that had a very deliverance feel to it. Maybe one of the football players was dressed like a redneck. Banjo Did music. Maybe the fan. <laughs> something happens around this. Oh, you know what? No, Did I do see what it was. Mouth? It's later when they go for the last chance gas. Oh, that's yes. where the deliverance. Oh, right, yeah, that's where it is. It was okay. just too close to my Mean Joe Green note. All right. I was just go. excited there was Mean Joe Green. I just wrote it down yeah. because I was a little kid when Mean Joe Green was at his peak. So, you know, he's a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mean Joe Green we st- I mean, are there, I mean, there's lots of famous athletes, but are they still the kind of just cultural touchstones they used to be? Stefan Diggs, you know, something that every, you know, that's going to end up in a movie. Is that, does it still work that way? I it might don't, be. you know what? I don't think there is, I don't think there can be any cultural icons like there were before us. It's my personal theory because I think like with the internet and all of that, there's almost too much. Like, you know about all of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know about, there, there are, you know, you can look up, you know, the the last, the last guy in the stream on any sport, sports team you want. So like, I don't, your your information isn't going to be flooded with Mean Joe Green or like there there there's not going to be another Michael Jordan because you can get stats on all these other guys that nobody's gonna would have Maybe heard about so. otherwise. Yeah, because I mean I just feel like at the time a lot of like Terry Bradshaw you didn't have to know anything about sports to know who Terry Bradshaw was. Yeah. Yeah. You know Lynn Swan. I mean I remember all of the he was on Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know because. Lynn Swan was on was on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because he was teaching um, kids that it was okay for boys to be ballerinas. Oh. Because Mr. Rogers was like a lot of the best people at the time, you know, just like Alan Alda and all the folks in the 70s, they were breaking down things like gender roles and trying to fight racism through children's shows, which was amazing. Yeah. You know, Jesse Jackson was on Sesame Street. It was a good time to be a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Lynn Swan came on and he took Mr. Rogers to his ballet class and they talked about the fact that it, it's a great way to be an athlete is to be a dancer you know Excellent. yeah makes sense yeah, yeah that, like almost every athlete out there now does like yoga and mm-hmm. uh, yeah ballet and stuff like that I know, I know she acted ballet yeah. back in the day <laughs> just stay on the athlete thing Fran Tarkenton hosted um, That's Incredible yeah you know I mean it was a time when you could just cross over anything. Maybe, maybe it's still the same. I don't know. Maybe someone can tell you all, and then you can tell us. WWE guys try to cross over to movies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Rock and was John oh, Cena. John, I don't know. John Cena's trying to be an actor now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, John Cena's been in a bunch of movies. Yeah. Right. No, WWE has like their own whole set of movies. Like. Right. Yeah, they have their own film. So think, so life is still good. Oh yeah. That's what we're saying. Life is still good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah, so they uh, so they escape Steelers practice after Joe Green flips the cop car over. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's another uh, assault on a police officer. Right. He's out of his jurisdiction, so I guess it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, um, he has some pretty <laughs> loose ideas about hot pursuit. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe he says Hot Pursuit about 15, 20 times. That's <laughs> how you know. And, I mean, if, if there was a little kid in the 70s or the 80s that didn't run around their backyard yelling Hot Pursuit all night long, <laughs> I don't. I never met that kid. <laughs> but uh, but they're running out of gas, so they need to fuel up in the, the Everglades. Last chance gas. The last chance gas. Which, I mean, it's funny because in the film... It just looks like a run. The idea is it's supposed to be a rundown place, but if American pickers showed up there, they would be freaking oh, out. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> turns out it's a rundown place, but it's worth millions. <laughs> just for the signs. But. Yeah, and that's the deliverance moment because the, he's just kind of sitting there and it looked very much like that was about to happen. I was worried that that's the turn this film was going to go. It's going to get suddenly really dark. <laughs> and then the elephant would have to save him. <laughs> and that's where we get our, was it, a, was it foreshadowing or was it a callback to Cannonball Run when Dom DeLuise shows up in a... <laughs> yeah, just an ambulance pulling up and the, the driver has to go use the shitter. So which, <laughs> film, which film came first? Smoking the Bandit 2 or Cannonball Run? I think Cannonball Run. Think, well, yeah. yeah, that was definitely like 75 or something, I want to say. Like, like it was okay, like mid, so this mid is a callback to that because, of course, mm -hmm. Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds dress up as ambulance drivers in Kid Cannonball Run. Oh. And so here we have Dom DeLuise in the back of an ambulance oh, as a drunk... Um, Italian doctor. <laughs> yeah, of course he's Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's good. Because yeah. this is the time when you know having an accent was counted as comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the leading gynecologist in Pompeii. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's, good line. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever, if I'm ever stuck on some message board or video game where I can't come up with a name for my avatar, <laughs> leading gynecologist in Pompeii is a good one. Uh, the elephant's not looking so good. Snowman needs uh, needs him to go talk to the doctor about her. <laughs> yeah. So the doctor uh, checks her out, finds out. <gasps> Did they find out she's pregnant? She's a pregnant. Yes. She's, yeah, a, she's pregnant. a pregnant. Uh, yeah. bambino. It's a Mario. She's a pregnant. What's <laughs> coming to go? Uh, so that leads to another... Uh, I'm sorry, everyone who's Italian. <laughs> both Italian both of our Italian listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, uh, there's another chase where there's the, the drawbridge. That, uh, oh, so the ambulance drives off without Dom DeLuise. And yeah. they... Right. They promise him they're going to get him to, what, like, Birmingham or something, wherever he's going, because he's got to pass his doctor's test. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> because yeah. he doesn't have his license in this country yet. <laughs> oh, and another little callback. So they do a callback to Hamburger Dan's from the first Cannibal Run to remind everybody about the film that was good. <laughs> and to the great scene where Fred, you know, causes a bar fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But this was yet another... I, I'm going to count this as a... As a Shout out to another Burt Reynolds film because he says, I remember this place reminds me of a little roadhouse back in Texas, which yeah. is a lot like saying a little whorehouse back in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I think that's what they were going for there. Best little whorehouse in Texas, little roadhouse back in Texas. We also forgot about the guy that Dom DeLuise was treating with uh, the swamp fever in the back oh, of the Peter. ambulance. He falls out of the ambulance. Oh, that is the favorite because he says the most noncommittal, ah, like, when he's, like, responding from the bed, like, ah. Because I think part of it is, like, he's not supposed to talk well, because he's, like, trying to scream, like, swamp fever at people as he's riding by. But it was just, like, the best. It was, like, the best 
like non committal scream <laughs> true, of it. Like, from somebody being dislodged from an ambulance. <laughs> I would have screamed louder. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had to go back and check because it turns out the patient was not anybody particularly special. But I had a who is this patient because I thought it was someone famous. Yeah, I thought it was like Red Skelton or something. Yeah, but, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. You thought that too. The day. Yeah. It would have been a perfect cameo. Yeah, so right, I, right. I, I assume like everybody camp, in this movie yeah. is a cameo. Yeah. It seems like a camp. <laughs> it would have been a good time for... Because um, Vic was too prominent not to be a cameo, kind yeah. of. Yeah. They could have brought one of the guys from The Longest Yard, maybe. You know, like, yeah. as long as they're bringing everybody else, because I didn't realize until we... Because when we got done watching the movie, we're like, let's watch eight more Burt Reynolds films tonight. Yeah. Because, <laughs> nice. I mean, come on. Burt Reynolds is only about one of the top most charming people of oh, all absolutely. time. Basically, <laughs> you've got Burt Reynolds, you've got um, uh, Harrison Ford, and you got Errol Flynn. I'm going to throw <laughs> The Rock in there. He's a charismatic motherfucker. <laughs> he doesn't have that that thing I where think... he's the same character in every film, though. Yes, he does. does he? Have you not watched enough like, The Rock movies? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> I think he's the same okay. person in every All right, movie. you're right. He's, he's in there. <laughs> but just like Errol Flynn in every film, whether he is playing a World War One fighter ace or a boxer or General Custer, he's basically yeah. always playing Han Solo. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise yeah. in every movie. Yeah. And so... And these are characters, but we like these characters. Keanu Reeves. Oh my he's God, always Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Keanu Reeves is always Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is never not Keanu Reeves. Except in River's Edge. The greatest Keanu film, Reeves film of all time. It's really one of the best movies ever. Keanu Reeves. Chris, no, I'm sorry. Um, the best one is Bram Stoker's Dracula, but continue. Fair enough. <laughs> fair point. I forgot which show, I forgot which show we were on. Are, are we forgetting Point Break? But River's Edge with Dennis Hopper, Keanu Reeves, and Crispin Glover. I'm sold. What? <laughs> and it's all about a dead about about a dead body, not a dead body they find, but one they make. Um, so, enough said. Let's go talk, talk about this. Coming next yeah. week. Oh, and Devil's Advocate. Oh yeah. He has an accent, in Devil's Advocate. <laughs> oh baby. Oh my god. So the patient was not a cameo from. It was not Keanu Reeves. It was not a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves was not. <laughs> he may be a vampire, but he's not. Imagine if it had been a young Adam Sandler. Oh, that's horrible. I'm uh, such a high knee. <laughs> Mama shares my fever. <laughs> it's like a Waterboy prequel. Um, all right, where are we? Not yeah, far enough into this movie. Yeah, Charlotte's pregnant. <laughs> I have it down. Uh, There's for... more Statler brothers about this time. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> a little girl song from them. And yep. around the time Frog and Charlotte are getting jealous. Of one another, Charlotte's yes. jealous frog. Yeah. Yep, it's an elephant and Sally Field. It's a pregnant elephant who's in love with the bandit. Yep, we're gonna just leave that one alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Yeah, it could never work out. Pregnant ladies, hormones are crazy. I mean, they kept cutting to like the elephant's eyes, like it's so <laughs> weird. Like, you know, and, and there was such a range of emotion yeah, there it too. It was the elephant cries at one point. It would, yeah, but I didn't know elephants cried glycerin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're definitely trying to make it a thing because we kept cutting to her eye, like a close up of her Sympathy eyes. For yeah. yeah, so the sympathy, so it's not just throw that elephant in the back of the truck and keep driving. It's no, no, she has to rest oh, and yeah. the baby yeah, has to come but out. I and... tell you, every time you put an animal in a film, I'm going to be stressed for the entire film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's in the 70s or 80s where oh, you didn't have yeah. laws about like. 
Yeah, I don't know how good they were about enforcing those laws. You're right. And <laughs> luckily, I'll just, I don't mind the spoiler alert. The elephant's fine the whole time. Yeah. Everything <laughs> she, turns out fine. She does for the make elephant. it to the end. Yes. <laughs> but boy, that worried me. So then the, they sleep overnight. Uh, then the next morning, Justice is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. uh, then they chase him through the fairgrounds. This was probably my favorite scene. That was a good whole movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. You're just driving through like the the, the, the uh, buttresses for the the roller coaster, and taking out some. This is the one where I thought there was a little bit of an echo to Hooper, because they were doing all this driving through and destroying this whole thing, falling down around them as they drive. Just like in Hooper, they destroy the city as they're going through it, which yeah. is a great stunt scene. Right. I mean, right. they it's had the to get that brothers, in one take. But... They really <laughs> destroyed the whole city. They really did that, and so, anyways, this is a little bit of Hooper here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just a fantastic little chase scene, and yeah, brings down the whole house. And then the sheriff realizes he needs to call in for backup with his brothers, Gaylord and oh, Reggie. God. <laughs> oh God! This is the downfall of this movie. Like, <laughs> are you kidding? This is, where, this is where this movie. Kicks I have in like seventy-five overdrive. question marks. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Why? <laughs> it's just a W um, and ten thousand yeah. question marks. Yeah. I my note is just brothers. WTF. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. They were born on vacation. <laughs> I mean, like, his Twinkie boyfriend, like, with the dreads and the bench. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> well, let's see, it was the, um, it was the junior dressed up. Right? Really? I think so. Like, like I was yeah. trying to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, I think so. It's, it was the actor Junior dressed with like the the Bo Derek yeah, hair. So and... it's all the brothers and all the sons. And yeah. that was the thing. So because I said we went and watched all these other films afterwards, so we watched The Longest Yard right after. And the guy who plays Junior is a very serious character. He's scary in The Longest Yard. Oh yeah. So seeing him in the Bo Derek dreads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his other brothers weren't any better either. <laughs> what were they? The Canadian even? Mountie and like the yeah, opera yeah, singers. Yeah, Canadian opera singers. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. crazy. There's a, there's a lot of people who I wish just lived forever. I wish that we could still have Teddy Roosevelt hanging out right now, doing things. I would love it if Betty Page was around. You know, oh. maybe if we could have. King Richard the Third. They'd all be so much more racist than you'd want them to. But Jackie Gleason, <laughs> I think we dodged a bullet there. We do not want to hear what he thinks of the world right now. No, yeah. you do. Did you know that Jackie Gleason was super deep into alien conspiracies? He's he's back in my good graces. He had, <laughs> he had over two thousand books about about aliens really? in his archives when he passed away. Well, you got to realize Jackie Gleason had access to the highest levels of power. He had private yeah. meetings with Nixon about. Aliens really? and the government's like strategic battle plans against it. Well, Why? according to then I'm gonna sleep widow. a little safer at night now <laughs> because one of my biggest worries is what are we doing to protect ourselves against alien invasion? <laughs> Apparently, Jackie Gleason and Nixon had a plan, <laughs> and I gotta fine. tell you, that's gotta be a hell of a plan. Oh, <laughs> then we're fine. Do, do you want to know what the plan was? Where are those tapes? Bang zoom to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, domestic violence is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh, wife yeah. beating. Oh, uh, so, uh, so, uh, so we bring in the brothers. Yes. <laughs> and there's this nice little photo op with all three of them oh, at the yeah. same time. <laughs> and the most oh. obvious cutting of film ever. Uh, that was good. Buford uh, basically catches up with Smokey mm-hmm. and Snowman. And basically is like... Uh, 
I bet you won't turn left on that dirt road there. Like, oh, well, that's where you're wrong. Ha ha. <laughs> and my, my other favorite part of this movie where uh, basically he pulls into, uh, basically it's kind of a little, almost like a canyon road. A quarry maybe? Yeah, a quarry or something. So and first of all, this is a flanked. nice bit of plot, a bit of writing. Oh, they accidentally ended up in this very affordable set scene. Yeah. <laughs> if you're driving cross-country, you end up driving through a lot of barren wasteland. Well, to be fair, that. we did that when we moved here. We drove cross-country, and we... You drove from New York well, to Well, we just called it Utah. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. sorry. It's called, it's called Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. I it is called Nebraska, as a it's matter of fact. like nine hours of Nebraska. Yeah. Fun fact, yeah. in January, even the corn has left Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you, you can exactly just put a brick on your accelerator and go to sleep, because you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is a long, long, long I guess cruise control would work. But that was a really beautiful <laughs> shot. I think the great wide shot of like the truck oh, battalion oh. and all the cars. Yeah, all coming yeah. down, like the helicopter shot. Versus like the patrol the... cars. That was, yeah. that was a, yeah. not a really enough great truck scene. battalion scenes in movies. They're all CGI oh. now. It's and the right. thing about these old movies, like somebody, uh, a friend of our and a fellow podcaster is going through a bunch of the old like classic British cinema. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to Lawrence of Arabia. And it's like, no, you don't Are understand. You kidding? Do you know what a thousand Why actors Why weren't they on? looking forward to the greatest film ever yeah, made? Because, because it's four it's like, and a half hours long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just tell them to watch some Bollywood and get yeah. over it. Yeah. But it's like, you don't know what a thousand actors, real actors, not CGI, look like on screen until you've seen it. Yeah. You don't know what 200 cars on screen look like until you see it. You think you've seen it in Fast and Furious. And then you realize, oh no, those are all pretend. Those exist in pixels. These are real and they're yeah. driving and they're doing uh-huh. their thing. And, and each one has somebody in there that got a favor or was a, somebody's friend that gets a minute yeah. of screen time and gets to say they were in the movie. Exactly. Right, right. They, they like borrow, big borrow, steal all these cars, get right. running out of... And it's actually dangerous. It's oh, so yeah. dangerous. So many of those cars are pulled straight out of just like wrecking yards and are like, it's like we can get it to run for like three minutes before the engine catches on fire. Like yeah. you got one shot. A couple of them already looked like they went through the little crusher because <laughs> they have the semis like crushing all the cop cars and yeah, you know, unnecessary jumps and explosions <laughs> and flips on top oh, of cars. Yeah, and... So so before that scene begins, my a little side note here. At this point, it doesn't matter how fast anybody's driving. No. They've kind of given up on getting there quickly. Yeah. <laughs> because they've had overnight sleepovers. That's they've taken yeah. crazy detours. Why is there even a car at this point? Because they could they could just drive fifty five miles an hour, and the cops wouldn't be after them because they want Bandit, and there would be nothing to do but just drive your little truck and put the elephant there, and you're done. Yeah. Well, because they have Better to. Film, right? They have to pause and let the elephant rest. So when they oh, are moving, they have to make up time. Yeah. Okay. And, and twice okay. as fast, so yeah, you only yeah. have to do it half as long. For the speed they were going, <laughs> just to get possible. Okay. Oh. For the speed they were going just to get from Florida to Texas, or was it the other way around? No, Florida yeah, to Florida Texas. Texas yeah. in, the, in the time that they've barely made it halfway there, an entire fleet of Canadian Mounties has come <laughs> right. 48,000 miles. Yeah. That's right. Oh, you didn't know about the minute. you didn't know about the, uh, the the Mountie conference that was happening in Georgia. Oh, of course. <laughs> they meet there every year. Of course, <laughs> because I mean, if jurisdiction is no problem from state to state, oh gosh, clearly you can take a fleet of Canadian Mounties to another nation. You right. can invade a sovereign nation with your firearms and your speeding cars, and go to a quarry and have a fight. Of course. Right. To be fair, they're not really them. using their firearms. They're using their vehicles as weapons. Do they have guns in Canada, the, the Mounties? R- RCMP? Uh, I think only the constables do. But okay. I might be wrong. 
And that's constable is like that's like a teddy bear, right? Like Paddington. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they only arm their stuffed animals. Right. <laughs> I like that approach. That sounds fairly safe. Right now, Brendan is screaming into his <laughs> catcher. So somehow, yeah, so. 187 million Canadian Mounties yeah. have gotten there in five minutes, yeah. um, right. and they're all drag queens um, for some reason. I it's. <laughs> I don't know. Also, are they RMC, RCMP if they don't have a horse? Exactly. That's what yeah, I was okay. saying. I was like, do they have cars? Oh, but they, like, well, they have hundreds of horsepower. There you go. That's what I was saying, right? Exactly. Fun fact, one horse actually has three horsepower, roughly. Oh. I found that out recently. I don't know what I'm going to do with that information now. It's your <laughs> Good to know. Must be based on pony power. They, they must be... Uh, Small horses. There must be some uh, inflation in horsepower. Like back in the day, it was one horsepower. But now, they're bigger and stronger than they used to be. It's yeah. all those GMS. I have a three horsepower horse. <laughs> so it must be a mule. It must mean a mule's like five horsepower. Yeah, really. Oh, and oh. where are their suitcases? Where's everybody's luggage? Oh, it's in the trunk. These cars have huge trunks. <laughs> okay. These are all little Crown Vickies okay. and Lincoln Continental. Do you think they don't got room okay. in the trunk? Because I didn't see any luggage. They, they just got an overnight backpack. You know, it's, it's, it it's like a two-day trip. They okay. at the hotel. Okay. In Georgia. They're wearing the clothes. They're wearing the clothes, <laughs> the, wearing the clothes they left in. Yeah, they, yeah, except for Sally Fields. They're all wearing the same clothes, I think. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah she's got a purse. It's pretty I? rank by day eight. But, you know. <laughs> uh, and but, I think this uh, trucker semi-fight is one of the things the Mythbusters did a take on, isn't it? The When the car gets split in half? Oh, oh, it might yeah. Be. yeah, they yeah. were trying to split a car in half. Was it this film that they did the myth? I'm on? sure it is. Probably. This, the Probably. scene is pretty, is pretty like yeah. it, it's canon for it like car accident like, movies. Crush a car into like non-existence by like that one also. Hammering two yeah. trucks. Can you like it? bend a car in half by hitting it with two? Yeah, trucks? yeah. A yeah. lot of good MythBusters fodder in this film. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Hell Needham movies are kind of MythBusters car fodder. Like, yeah. Um... <laughs> MythBusters tonight on MythBusters. Do you really have a phone at the altar? <laughs> <laughs> we go to 177 churches. <laughs> <laughs> Most boring MythBusters ever. <laughs> Just us driving from church. <laughs> synagogue. <laughs> Do you have one? Do you have one? Do you have one? <laughs> Why would I have a phone? <laughs> so, so it turns out the Unitarians were the only ones. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have no written down during this thing. So many cops are killed in this. Oh, <laughs> so many deaths. Yeah. So many deaths. But you see them crawl out of the top of their like smash cars and stuff like, no, no, that's not how it would work. Like no. The, the write-up, the report for this incident right? is going to be such a nightmare. <laughs> Also, like, um, uh, just because, like, now we're in more modern times, not one airbag in that entire scene. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely deaths. Did they definitely actually deaths. use music calling back the Custer's Last Stand? Were they actually doing something like that? Because I've written that down in here. So there's serious... Probably. Yeah, I'm sure there was music going on, but I really wasn't paying attention. I'm not going to lie. Whenever these right kind of scenes come on, uh, Wacky Sax. Wacky Sax <laughs> <just> <laughs> <like> <laughs> <in> my head. <laughs> Oh. Well, this is like unrelated, but I've, I've 
I told you, Jane, like, I wish movies now would bring back, like, the 70s thing where, like, they have songs that specifically tell you the plot of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, we've really lost something yeah. there. Because every, we've been watching all these old TV shows where right at the beginning that you take sitcoms. the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have, here's, what it's, about, here's what it's about. But even, yeah, but even this movie, mm-hmm. they, like, you know, yeah. they yeah. explained everything. Exactly. <laughs> While we're bringing back, you know, resurrecting stars with CG, let's get Jerry Reed to do every movie. Yeah. I think, how does Guardians of the Galaxy not have Jerry Reed explaining the plot? I know. Like, how do we even know what's going on if the, if the theme song isn't telling us? I can't follow films anymore. Oh, my God. He could be the one that brings the Marvel Cinematic Universe together. Like, All right, we need to get the Soul Stone. Otherwise, we're going to be in the hands of Thanos. We can't have that. Take for good, buddy. I've been trying to follow what's happening on the new season of, of, of uh, House of Cards. And what I really need is... White House down, <laughs> we gonna get to kill that. We don't know what Kevin Spacey done. <laughs> I need that. Netflix, get on it. <laughs> chop, chop. All right, so, uh, so yeah, after the, uh, the the incredible stunt work. Um, the, the bridge of trucks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Buford and Junior are driving off in a car that basically folded in half. Right. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, they fold because they drop it through the the trucks build a bridge, and the first ones go across it, and just like Moses crossing the Red Sea, (laughs) you know, only in reverse because instead of the water coming in, the trucks go apart, and down the cop car goes in between two trucks to turn into one of those beds that you get in a hospital. Yeah, Yeah, traction bed. Traction bed, which they're gonna need. By the way, somebody built that. That was a real vehicle they drove around. That's not like oh. CGI or fake. Somebody had to build that for this movie. That's that amazing. Like, that, that's so fun. That I don't fun. think it would have lasted long in the Mad Max universe, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Just way too exposed. A lot of people want to buy movie cars. Somebody's got Kit. Somebody's got the General Lee. Somewhere out there, somebody's got the hospital bed cop car. Yeah, that's out there somewhere. And you can hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. I, I think Ed China from uh, Wheeler Dealers is going to have to recreate this. I think that's, right. a, that's our man. Exactly. That's our new trailer queen. Load mm-hmm. her up, take her out shows. <laughs> It'd be perfect for Lemons next year. Uh, we'll go, yeah. we, we got to go to our first ever um, Concours de Lemons. Yeah. Oh. And we are hooked... I found a, a, a 1980 Honda Accord limousine that's down in the desert in California for a thousand bucks that I'm thinking about. Oh, snap. Wow. You just hope yours isn't the one that gets crushed. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they uh, escape in the, in the, I don't know, fold-a-bed car. Fold-a-bed car. <laughs> and uh, get veered off the road. Engineer goes flying into the swamp. As he and, does. And B4T Justice contemplates retirement. Okay. Or does he? <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, they take Charlotte, the, the elephant's name is Charlotte, by the way. I don't even know if we mentioned that. Yes, yet. we did. We did? Okay. Well, uh, you said it a few times. The yeah, Statler brothers sing about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. She was an elephant. And uh, they go to the, the uh, wildlife safari. Yeah. Where Charlotte has a little baby. What better oh. place for an elephant to have a baby than a wildlife park? It's a good <laughs> thing it was there. Yeah, right? say that. It's a good so thing convenient. that wildlife park was there. Good, good. It's a llama's watch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've written down that Bandit was being an asshole, so he got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, well, he's like, we got <laughs> Oh, that was a good yeah. punch. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the other thing. Not enough people just showing love through punching. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how you show love. You know what? Punch. I gotta say, I think you're not a, you're not watching enough Elaine Moosey movies. Who? 
Elaine Moussi, he's the guy who's basically taking over for Jean-Claude Van Damme these days. He can't take over for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Johnson takes over Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme's like training this guy. That's oh my really? god. He's yeah. doing all these like low budget white martial arts movies and they're phenomenal. And was he got like actually punched out by Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Wow. Ooh. Doing one of the scenes. Wow. <laughs> they're Kickboxer Vengeance and Kickboxer Retaliation. <laughs> They're they're available on Netflix. So it's just if the word kickboxer, it. and then a thesaurus oh, looks up. Oh, but but Jean Claude's in it. He's in them. Yeah, he's in it too. But Elaine Lucy is the star. You have to have you all been out. watching Jean Claude Van Johnson? Uh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. We we haven't really gotten into it yet because I feel like we need to first relive the Jean Claude Van Damme film. It's it's really Time Cop. Um, this is Bloodsport. 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 Yes. Uh, watch the kickboxers. That's really all that really get referenced. I can only think like I Universal Soldier. I don't think we're going to be able to handle more than Time Cop and Bloodsport. <laughs> those are the two important ones. If you, yeah. watch, if you want to watch The Quest for like, you know, more like. <laughs> What's that? The, oh. the one directed by Jean-Claude Van Damme. I've never 90s. seen, a full, full disclosure, I've never seen an entire Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh, we have a, we have a filmography for you. We did, <laughs> we did, we did Jean-Claude Van January. Oh and, we, and June Claude Van Damme. And then Damme. we did June Claude Van Damme. <laughs> so amazing! Oh my gosh, he's in a lot of a lot of movies. Uh, by have the way, you considered getting him on the show? I'm sure we, we, we have been trying for over a year now. Like I said, we we, we, got, we got Elaine Moosey. We got Elaine Moosey. <gasps> yeah. Well, then you're one step away. We're exactly. One step closer. Uh, okay, we're, we're, we're still just still go down it. there. Just show up, and his celebrities love it. When you just show up. At, at, his, at his next Tostitos commercial shoot, we'll just kind of pop up and like, Hey, JC, remember us? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's kid. I don't know. Yeah, just tell them us who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody's going to believe you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe dye my hair blonde or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So back to uh, a movie with no Jean-Claude Van Damme. So yeah, so Jean-Claude is at the safari you now. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, and the reason Bandit gets knocked out is because he's like, no, nah, load that elephant on there. We're going to get paid. And right. i got to relive my glory. i got to be the show off again. Right, yeah. right, right. And then he realizes uh, after he sees a crying elephant that uh, he has to go get Frog back because she's at the bus stop. Yeah, because she wasn't going to watch him kill an elephant. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know what? I stand by her for that. Well, I don't know that her way of stopping him was particularly effective. Go to the bus stop. No, yeah. I think I think it was that she figured she wasn't going to be able to stop him, so she wasn't going to be around for it. She did not. Okay. She did not want to be. Right. Uh, she didn't want to be connected with that crime. She didn't want to be. A... And this bus stop <laughs> was in the same you. town as the wildlife this preserve. This is what I. That's oh, how you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you uh, get to the wildlife yeah. preserve. You can take the bus. <laughs> this, I didn't. I didn't even like know when she was dropped off. Yeah, I, like, I thought she was left like half a state except, back. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was like way far behind somewhere. But apparently she was, but she took a bus and that's where they dropped her off. <laughs> oh, that, that yeah. the oh, she's catching her connector to take her back <laughs> to, uh, okay. She could, had that to get a sense. transfer. There weren't any yeah, three lines. That makes sense. It was, okay. it was the weekend, so. Fair yeah. enough. I'll accept that. Um, so yeah, so they get back together after Bandit confesses his love and, oh, never do it again, blah, blah, blah. Which is the best way to make up for things. Just never do it again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Done. All right. So what, what did he actually do? Was he cheating on her? Is that what it was? No, he was pushing that elephant too hard. No, but well, I mean, why they broke up? Well, broke up beforehand, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was cheating on her. He, yeah. he okay. kept sleeping with his fans. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you keep your fans, right? That is how you build a fan. All of our listeners out there know. Clearly, clearly your podcast is not what we expected. <laughs> Steve, that's how you get Jean-Claude on here. You have to sleep with him. <laughs> 
I gotta take that bullet. <laughs> uh, so they uh, so they load the elephants on the and tow it with the Trans Am and right off into the sunset. So first of all, what's the towing capacity on the Trans Am? Yeah. I don't know, but that Trans Am really wasn't doing well. <laughs> like, it was pulling off really slow, and you could tell it was like... <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think it's, it probably has enough horsepower, but the transmission just isn't yeah. designed for the yeah. weight. Well, i got to say, yeah, a, a Trans Am around that year, that we're, we're talking peak Malaise era at mm-hmm. this point. Those things were maybe putting out 185 horsepower. Basically... Uh, the, the average um, Toyota Prius is going to do better <laughs> oh than gosh. that right now. Wait, so they gave up on the mission? I yeah, think it's, they... and I just realized it's yeah. Prius and I watched too much Top Gear and I apologize That's if fine. I just sounded like one of those Madonna types that came back from Europe not remembering how their own accent sounds. <laughs> That's fine. That just proves you don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, in the movie, stealing the elephants for themselves. Because, by yeah. the way, they stole it from a doc that was in quarantine, so Interpol's after them. And... They stole an elephant from the governor. <laughs> yes. right. and, they, and to get in his good graces, they were going to give it back. I just drove. Oh, I, thought, I thought they were just driving off with the elephants because okay. they're like, oh, we don't need to go to Texas anymore. I don't remember anymore. the movie ending. Yeah, no, he's, oh. they said, what are we going to do now? And Burt Reynolds says, the only thing I know how to do, we're going to go show off. And then they drive off with elephants. They just take the elephant somewhere else. Oh, so yeah. they like just steal just, the elephant. And yeah, then Do for T Justice is in the bus right behind them in hot pursuit. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> hot pursuit. Right, right, right. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> and then we get the blooper reels. The blooper the reels. Yeah. I, and, you know, oh, so I. Why doesn't every film have blooper reels? Again, going back to House of Cards, no blooper reels. <laughs> Schindler's List, no blooper reels. <laughs> really would have ended that movie on a high Okay, note. I shouldn't hit the table when we're recording. I won't do that again. It's all good. It's quite fitting. Uh, oh, dear. So, would we recommend Smoking the Bandit Part 2? Absolutely. All right. yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I, I think that's all the way around. We would recommend it. Part three, we'll get to that one, but uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we have fun facts, more beer, and what we learn from Smoking the Bandit Part 2. Hi, this is Johnny Kim McGinley, and you're listening to Everything I Learned from Movies. All the best. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan, and Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it so you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. No big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking? You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! 
Are you ready to enter the sci-fi double feature drive-in? Every month we hold a special double feature with a very interesting theme thought up by your host, the conspiracy-loving Elisa, and yours truly, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Wegelin. We discuss giant monsters, little monsters, genetic abominations, robots gone awry, aliens coming to Earth, cryptids, and anything in between. So join us at the sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to stop by our snack bar first. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popping.com. All of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders, yeah. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> Come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we? Inter- I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Soup Complex on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex, and you can go to Facebook.com slash Soup Complex. But our main page is on Podbean, and you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine, what do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't no. the same. You tried. With a parabola, though, and I can attest to this, I will hug it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I do not... Didn't have... you, like, put a seatbelt on it when you were driving? No, back? that was the chicken. <laughs> oh, right. So the other thing is there's a, there's a chicken place called a BBQ Chicken, which does not stand for barbecue. Mm-hmm. It's a Korean chicken chain, um, and it stands for best of the best quality. <laughs> and uh, the, the closest one in New York was way out, like Rockaway Beach, so I had to drive out to get some fried chicken to bring home, and I bought a lot, so I carefully belted it in in the back seat. And I, <laughs> you make sure it doesn't go anywhere. <sighs> so if this is one of your favorite beers, have you had a 50-50s Eclipse? It's very good. Yes, it really is. That's the Imperial Stout, right? Yeah. Uh, the barrel-aged one that they do. Oh, I only had 50-50 Imperial Stout. Oh, so they have a whole... So the Eclipse series, they have a barrel-aged series. Yeah. And so there's different levels. There's like, like whiskey barrels? They're Scotch whiskey barrels, barrels, I mean. Yeah, yeah and they, they get special ones. They have like the bronze-level ones. They have the silver-level oh, ones. They have the gold, okay. and then they have the platinum. The platinum ones are aged in a Pappy Van Winkle barrel. <gasps> Wow, that's crazy. And, um, yeah, we got the opportunity to taste it. It goes for, like, $120 for a bottle, like... Well, it costs 20 bucks just to say the name Pappy Van Winkle. Right? Yeah. I know. Our podcast is already in debt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll edit it out. Uh, we'll edit it out. Uh, yeah, we got a chance to taste the platinum, and it is the greatest thing that has ever, like, entered my mouth. Wow. <laughs> well, because the thing that got me into beer, I, I didn't... Are we, are we doing the show right now? 
Should we talk about beer? We can we'll talk about beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing, that got, I, I only got into beer about six or seven years ago. And the thing that got me into it was I was, you know, I was working uh, at a client who was far away from home, so I would stay at a hotel. And um, the hotel had Scotch Ale that was like, they, there was not the hotel, the, the bar next to it was known for their Scotch Ale, and you could get a growler and take it home. And I think you remember me bringing those back to Manhattan. And so, you know, I was like, Scotch Ale, what does that mean? And so I was like, beer can be good. And so that just led me down the path. I started with I started with their Scotch Ale. I went to um, some Scotch Ales that you could buy. I forget what they were. I think it might have been the one from Seattle in the cans. That's really good. That's a that's just like that's like a classic. Clown shoes. No, they're actually okay. Yeah. yeah well, so anyway, you know, I just started going down that path and just getting led down the path until I realized that there were all these things out there that were nothing like beer that were just insanely good and i realized that a good beer if you hold a flashlight on the other side you shouldn't be able to tell whether it's on or off what not everything is old milwaukee and olympia i had no idea because i i mean i grew up in west rural western iowa and yeah it was all that and i hated beer and you know i pretended not to because i didn't want to get my ass kicked but it was You know? All right. All so, right. yes, is everybody parched? We have. Sure, let's, let's do, do it. it. Excellent. So, we have from Green Flash, GFB Blondale. Does it stand for something? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's it green, green, green Flash Blonde? Green Flash Blonde, probably. It? Yeah. But it sounded like Trekker lingo. That's why we picked it. We <laughs> <laughs> got Green Flash like... on our boogie. We haven't been doing any, any 10 fours or Good Buddies or anything. Not a single bear in the air. Oh, and I, and I appreciate that. Not a county mountain to be seen. That was another thing. You'd watch these films at the time, and all of this, you could get cereal boxes that had trucker lingo on the back of the cereal yeah. box so you could learn. There were uh-huh. hit songs done in trucker lingo. Yeah. I, I, I will just say, I think truckers are some of the best people on the planet. And this is not from watching the films. This is from actually having friends who had dads that were truckers and all of that, and... We need more trucker movies. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, there's got to be a renaissance in it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get Luke Besson on it. One of, best, <laughs> one of my best friends and friends in the world. His dad drove trucks for Pepsi for 40 years. That's great. Oh, right? Oh. Yeah, that's that's the American dream. Exactly. That's how my broke family found out because we were gifted. Did you know in the 90s Pepsi tried to do carbonated milk? Oh. It was a huge flop, yeah, and so bad. all the employees got to take it home. Lucky employees. And so my family ended up with a bunch, and I remember crying at my mom, like, <laughs> I don't want to drink the milk, and she was like, it's free milk, just drink it. <laughs> I don't want the bubble milk. <laughs> I want the carbonated oh milk. God. Did they have carbonated strawberry milk? Yeah, I, the ones we had was just plain, like, that would 2%. Be the worst. Uh, she did try and get us some, like, like we were very poor, so, like, she splurged and got us some, like, Nesquik, and it only made it worse. So what we're saying is the MSI was not the hit that people thought it would be. <laughs> well, um, I'll put it this way. My dad's so good at picking winners, my growing up, we had a Betamax player and then a Laserdisc player. Well, these are superior technologies, and so, they of course, the they're going to win. format. <laughs> <laughs> do you do I, I do actually if he's still got a laser disc player I've got something I need to convert I oh. don't have a laser disc player Todd has it as far as I know I do have a laser disc I have big trouble in little China because it's the greatest ah. movie in the world well so there's a one of the best movie things ever is uh, the cure put out um, 
uh, staring at the sea, the singles, and then they did a companion VHS and Laserdisc. Oh. With not only all of the videos from the early days, but a whole lot of footage not seen anywhere else. It's never been re-released, and so the only way to get a really high-quality version is on Laserdisc, which I have, and I can't watch it. Oh, man. You need to find a somebody, some middle school front that's still stuck in the 90s. They all have <laughs> All right, let's open up this beer. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, oh my top. All right. Okay. And so, pour. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is a very blonde beer. Mm-hmm. Got a nice white foamy head yeah, on. Whoever this was needed to drink a little more water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, super, super, super clear. You can read through this beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice uh, malty aroma. It smells a little biscuity. Got a little bit of green apple on it. Got a little Diet Mountain Dew in there. (laughs) That's the green apple? Yeah. I think that's right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, malt forward, but pretty light. And yeah, just a little green apple. and. Oh, this reminds me, though. We got to change the kitty litter. All right, I'll actually taste it. Hold on. Yeah, it's nice. It tastes yeah. kind of like a pilsner. That's actually it's it's actually fine. It's actually yeah. pretty good. It, it's there's no alcohol in it. Oh yeah, no, this is four yeah, percent like maybe. Maybe let's see where is it? Yeah, four point eight percent. Yeah, that, that's basically beer. near beer. This yeah. is your drink, this is your drinking all day beer. This is yeah. your footballs on. I don't want to get totally trashed. I don't have. I want a full glass the entire time, so I'm gonna work on this all day long. Fair yeah. enough. You want you want to look like you're a beer drinker, but you don't want to get drunk. This is your beer. Right. Exactly. This is it's 108 degrees. I'm dying. This is how I'm gonna cool down because right. let's face it, the fire so walker would kill you. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this: this is something between a hundred and a million times better than anything Anheuser Busch puts out. So. <laughs> that Absolutely. Is true. That is true. It looks that, nice too. I yeah. like the kind of stark packaging. Yeah, the, the can is very nice. It's a jet black can with a very simple logo. Yeah. And, yeah. If, if I was going back to Iowa to hang out at a sports bar and I didn't want to get my ass kicked, I would drink this so that people <laughs> yeah. thought I was drinking a Coors. Exactly. <laughs> this is so much better than a Coors. Yeah. And about twice the alcohol. They should have gone looking for this with the sm- <laughs> snowman. There you go. <laughs> First, That's what they got to... So they need cocaine and beer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cocaine and beer. Yeah, that's why we're driving. The best combination since mac and cheese. <laughs> that's how this movie got made. <laughs> Who wants some fun facts? Fun facts. Fun facts. Super fun, fun facts because they're fun, fun facts. Yeah. Well, we already went over the uh, the budget and return, which <laughs> still surprising that it more than tripled its budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. that's seventeen million. Most of it was those trucks, right? Oh yeah, well, probably. Yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll get and to Fred. that. I think. <laughs> and Fred, Fred commanded yeah, Fred. a high. I mean, he knew he was a star. Yeah, mm-hmm. he negotiated. You know, if Bert's getting this, I got to at least double it. Mm-hmm. He, he also realized that he would not. He was not going to be sharing any screen time with Charlotte. That was just like yeah. not a, not a ghetto. No. That was not okay. No. That had no. to be written into the contract. Yeah, his name's writer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, after critics panned the film and his work as a director, uh, Hal Needham took out a full page ad in Variety depicting himself sitting on a wheelbarrow full of cash. <laughs> Right. Hal Needham so much. Hal Needham is the man. That's like Michael Caine of what yeah. he talks about Jaws 4. Yeah, Jaws of Revenge where he's like, uh, oh, what do you think about the film? Like, well, I didn't care for the film, but I do love the house that it bought me or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 
he plays with the, like the swamp boat captain. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the pla- the the airplane, the seaplane captain. Seaplane, that's it. Yeah. Fun fact: the snowman is named after cocaine, and Michael Caine is Mike O'Kane. Mike That's how you say his name. Mike O'Kane. <laughs> May Mike the circle O'Kane. be unbroken. <laughs> Um, at the time the movie was made, uh, the picture contains one of the biggest car chase. Yeah, one of the biggest car chases in film history. Uh, publicity stated it was involved sixty stuntmen and stunt women, one hundred cars, and eighteen wheeler trucks. Oh, one hundred. God, this is worded horribly. One hundred cars and eighteen wheeler trucks. Oh, well, biggest by the number of in one scene. Yes. Uh, okay. When when the sequence was concluded, over a quarter million dollars of vehicles had been destroyed. Um, like but fun fact, Blues Brothers came out later that year and they had oh. more involved. Ah, but I think if we were to take the number of cars times the amount of time they spend actually chasing oh. anything, oh, Gone absolutely. in 60 Seconds, the original, is probably going to be... It is Possibly. one big car We chase. talked yeah. about that on one of our episodes. Yeah. We, we did the biggest car chase scenes. Yeah. Yeah, we had a Vanishing and Point might have been up there too. I was going to say, something. longest car chase ever, Vanishing Point. I mean, in terms of not screen time, but the fact that it basically goes from what Beginning New York to, to L.A. Oh, wow. I think it went started in Denver. Oh, De- Denver. yeah, yeah, it's like Denver to San Francisco or something like that. One. Yeah, there was one that was New York to Death Race. Okay, De- Death Race two thousand, I think, is That's New York to LA. Is yeah. New York to L.A. <laughs> I don't know what our time's going to be like today, but if we have extra time for board games, we do have Roadkill Rally, which is a perfect <gasps> Death Race yeah. two thousand uh, recreation of <laughs> board game. Next week on the podcast. <laughs> Can I just say how happy I am that Vanishing Point never got remade? Oh, it did. Yes. Oh, darn it. Well, it was a TV movie in the 90s, and it starred Viggo Mortensen. Okay, so uh, that okay. could not be too bad, yeah. But, I mean, that was one of the most counterculture films ever made. Yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. But, yeah. well, and Death Proof was kind of a remake of it. I don't count anything that Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> involved in because it's too self-aware. Well, if Tarantino is going to do any more films and go into that, the, there is one film he could do that would basically restore him in my eyes forever. He needs to James do Bond. a remake <laughs> of the classic Mexican punk rock biker film, Los Intrepidos Punks. Is that like in his style? I don't know what style it's in, but if, this, <laughs> if, you, if you want a future film, Los Intrepidos Punks is a punk rock biker film from the early 80s from Mexico that basically has very bad wigs, <laughs> and 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 a little bit of a Mexican soap opera plot oh, with lots like of a something he would it's, it's worth it. A telenovela, I can yeah I can see yeah. A, oh. yeah yeah it's worth it. I'm into it. Sold. Nice. Uh, Jackie Gleason's uh, scenes were filmed first because he was ill and he wanted to be finished with the movie as soon as possible. As many people did. <laughs> Not true. We loved it. Yeah. Uh, 1,500 gallons each of both Dayglow orange paint and cow manure uh, were dropped by five vintage World War II planes during the aerial battle sequence in the first five minutes that we said to me. Wow. I appreciate the fact that it was an equal amount of cow manure and orange yeah. paint. Yeah, you know, full load in both, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. don't want to just drop, like, four nuggets and it's like, oh, why did you even need the plane? You could have used a catapult or something. Yeah, yeah. that's... Easier to get, I think. Wait, wait, oh, in, trebuchet. In the, universe, in the universe of this movie, I like the idea that both parties would hire the same guys to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guys with the planes to do it. Well, yeah. we're the experts when it comes to dropping things on your political opponents. Yeah. What do you want? Dago paint? Cow turds? What are you looking for? Yeah, because it's such a great job. Things. We really admire your work. And now we need to return the favor. 
I'm they surprised paid, that wasn't a conflict of interest. They paid you $2,000 drop? We'll pay you $3,000 drop paint on them. There you go. <laughs> oh, and you really think it would go the other way around. You lead with the paint, you follow up with the couch herds. I mean, you lead with the couch herds, where do you go from there? You go to the paint because uh, the Enuses are classy. That's classy. It's true. It's yeah. true. All right. In the scene where Frog announces her ending the relationship to Bandit was written by Sally Field. Hey. Who was about to break up with Burt Reynolds at the time? Aww. Uh, That's so interesting. I felt like I did feel it was kind of like suddenly out of character for that movie. It was like this suddenly really like good like real dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes so much sense because I'm like this is like suddenly it has like she's pretty brilliant. I can see her writing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was also noticing during the uh, the bloopers at the end, there were a couple where Sally Field looked really yeah. pissed. <laughs> I did see that. She looked like didn't like each other and it, it may have been you know Bert was fumbling his lines and stuff like that too but it may have just been like oh god can we just finish this up now <laughs> was Sally Field ever considered in the role of Princess Leia did she ever read for that I have no idea she should she must have she could have I mean obviously obviously yeah. Carrie Fisher is the perfect Princess Leia but Sally Field could have been a very good you Princess know what it Leia probably too. was she may have had a choice of the two and went with uh, Smokey and the Bandit well because they did come out the same year. Yeah. The first one in Star Wars. Yeah. And and I don't know if Burt uh, Reynolds would have made a good Han Solo or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have made a hell of a Han. Uh, no, no say, I, I don't think Harrison Ford, you know, like Han Solo with the mustache would have worked out. Especially when you, you know, Lando with the mustache too. I think Star Wars yeah. could have been all mustaches. Right down to C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> oh my gosh. R2-D2 with a mustache would have been everything. There's another remake coming up. Mustache Wars. <laughs> I like it. You know, hard, Hardware Wars Part 2, Stash Wars. Yes, I oh my gosh, could you imagine the stash on Chewbacca? <laughs> Y'all have seen Hardware Wars, right? Oh, we have, oh, okay. yes. Oh, goodness. Yes. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll kiss three bucks goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, what did we learn from Smokey and the Bandit Part 2? Well, we learned how to watch out if you're going across a bridge of semis to make sure that one of them doesn't just drive away. <laughs> That's a valuable lesson the next time I'm looking at semi bridge. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess like when you have a when you become a doctor, you can doctor everything. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that you can just leave an elephant in a crate for three weeks in quarantine, and they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you can rig up a little uh, net for them out of some old belts. <laughs> and not suffocate. Also, when they popped that box open, it would have been a dead elephant and a baby dead elephant, right? Oh. And a dead Dom DeLuise. He would have, <laughs> yes, he would have suffocated. He thought the deliverance turn this movie was going to take was going to be dark. Because there was no air holes or anything. Like... I was talking to Crane at the warehouse if they weren't able to get oh, yeah. anything else. In the, in the truck. All right, time for quarantine died. is up. Test came back. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We should have drilled some holes. <laughs> Thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> so, Steve, what did you learn from this movie? Uh, I learned from uh, Dr. Carlucci. Uh, you have to remember the Hippocratic Oath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Dom DeLuise's Job of the Hut? Oh, it would yes. be so good. Well, because, you know, the original <laughs> Job of the Hut was a human, not a... Not a you've, seen yeah. the, you've seen the footage? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With the original? Yeah, it's just it looks like the guy from uh, Dune, the the Baron or whatever. I thought it was uh oh, there's another there's another actor that I th not not the guy who originally played Ronald oh. McDonald. Oh yeah, um, I don't know if it's Rip the same Torn. One. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. The original Jabba the Hutt basically was Rip Torn. Really? He, he looked like him. He talked like him. He was a wacky dude. Yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, from Star Trek. Who's the, the guy that Rain Wilson now plays? So Rain Wilson took over the role of a unscrupulous trader merchant kind of guy from the original Star Trek, Harry Mudd. Right. Oh, Harry okay. Mudd. And so basically the Jabba the Hutt character was Harry Mudd, essentially. Hmm. Which Dom so, DeLuise would have done a great job at. He was just a human, just walking around. That's yeah. why they, there's a scene they restored in Star Wars where Han Solo, for bizarre reasons, is Jabba the Hutt just shows up at the Millennium Falcon in the first Star Wars, and he says, Jabba, you're a hell of a human being. Which, what do you do with that? He's not a human being. Because yeah. huh. Harry Mudd was. I've gone way off track. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, there's way a scene where he walks behind the guy, but because he's a giant slug and like has him like digitally walking around. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen the special edition. <laughs> and yeah. we're left scratching our heads. Yeah, so Dom DeLuise <laughs> could have done that, maybe. Uh, we also learned uh, that four hundred thousand dollars in nineteen eighty is the equivalent of one point two two million nowadays. And fits in a small box. <laughs> yeah. And, and can be carried around in a lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in your suit pocket. <laughs> so, Hene, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Um, you mentioned you have a podcast network. Ah, well, there's like the, this is for gamers, the TSR Podcast Network at tsrpn.com, where you can go and listen to Wargaming Recon. If you happen to be into tabletop wargaming, you can listen to Cube of Death, the uh, role-playing game show. Uh, you can listen to Mythwits, which is kind of like this with beers except with gamers. Um, and you can listen to the Dead Game Society, which is a great place to go and listen to people play games that are no longer in print. Oh, we can play Pigmania. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's Yossi with pigs. That's good. I have it. That's good. I've made you play Pigmania. Have you? We played a drunk oh. at one of the game parties where you toss yeah, the yeah, pigs. Yeah, so pig dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you toss the pigs and you point yeah, space right. on another land. Because right. you got making bacon your first roll, which I, is impossible. Yeah. I've played the game for 20 years I've never got making bacon. Because I'm amazing. What can I say? That's <laughs> Excellent. And so we, I'm sorry, what is that? TSRPN. TSRPN. So because the game company is called TSR, we're the new TSR, not the old TSR, for people who remember the original Tactical Studies rules, although we're a lot of the same folks from back then. Oh. Um, and so the TSR Podcast Network is at TSRPN.com. Excellent. Hane, are you on the social medias or anything you'd like to plug? Your Etsy or... shop? Or... No, no. Coming <laughs> soon. Izzy, how about you? Oh, well, holidays are soon approaching. You're probably panicking because you realize you haven't gotten enough gifts for everybody. You can visit my Etsy shop. That's untidyvenus.etsy.com. It's a goddess that's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. I have all kinds of great things. Tons of fun prints. I've got movie monsters who hug kittens. I've got your field guide to movie worms. There's still plenty of robo panda enamel pins that glow in the dark. Glow in the dark moon cat enamel pins. Gary the unicorn sparkly glitter pins. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, at the time of this uh, this year podcast coming out, we should also have paracord bracelets that Steve's been making. They're made mm. of 550 pound paracord. They're great for survival. They're great just for being cool. They're very fashionable. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. All in the shop. Go to Untidy Venus. Excellent. And of course with us, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday throwing out episodes. And if you really want to help us out, 
tell a friend, tell your family, tell them to check us out. Um, of course, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash movies, where for only two bucks a month, you can get access to all kinds of early access to our episodes and bonus episodes and interviews and full-length commentaries, all kinds of crap. Is there a um, blooper reel? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Coming soon, there may be a couple uh, blooper reels. So where would we find that, Steve? Uh, Patreon.com slash movies, and you can find us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's... Everything I learned from movies. Until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. Y'all come back now here. Sheriff's out there dogging us again He thinks he's really got it cooking Plans to do a lot of booking The only trouble he keeps looking Where we've already been